on this Easter Sunday, 2007, celebrations are happening around the world. There are literally billions of people, many of whom don't think about God throughout the year, who've come for some reason, some odd reason, on a Sunday. They're wondering. Somebody invited them. They've come. The celebrations are all different. Some are very traditional. Same way they've happened for, for over a thousand years. Some of them, they'll just be one lone singer. There'll be services where there's children all lined across the front. Parents are smiling back there. They're so excited. Look at my little kid up there. You have no idea exactly what the kids are singing, but it's just great because the kids are up there. Then you've got those, there. somebody's dressed in some white flowing thing, trying to look angelic. And so he's going, isn't that your wife? Uh, who, who knew? She was actually an angel. Who, who knew? But they've all come for the same reason. Celebrate Easter. Easter is about life change, and by the end of the day, I want to tell you it's about life exchange. To exchange the old life for a new one. I want to tell you today a classic Jesus' life change story. It comes from Matthew chapter 19, beginning in verse 16. Headings in some Bibles call him the rich young ruler, others the rich man, the rich young man. We knew he was male, he seemed to have some financial resources, and we know that he came seeking Jesus. Look at the text. Now a man came to Jesus and asked, What good thing must I do if I'm going to inherit eternal life? It's very simple and straightforward. Bloke knew what he didn't know. He had most things he needed in life. He knew how to get what he wanted and what he needed. But he knew he needed something more. Because he knew how to get stuff, he did his homework. He knew it was Jesus. And so he came seeking Jesus. People everywhere for 2,000 years have come, been seeking Jesus. All varieties of people come. People who need help, people who need hope, people who need healing, people who need nothing short of a miracle, all come seeking Jesus. From the poor beggar to the rich young ruler, from the woman of terrible reputation to those women who no one else would talk to, came seeking Jesus. The rich and the poor, the healthy and the unhealthy, all came seeking Jesus. So it begs the question, why Jesus? Why Jesus? Well, first of all, because Jesus had this amazing reputation. The reputation of Jesus was no matter who you were, what you had done, he knew. And he delivered what you needed. Now think about it. That's an amazing reputation. No matter who you were, what you'd done, he knew and he delivered exactly what you needed. That was the Jesus reputation then, 2,000 years and now. He had authority and power. He seemed to have all of these resources. He knew what you needed and he knew how to access it. Healing, hope, restoration, this life and the life to come. He knew it all. One of my favorite stories of this was the guy who had a little boy, young. He seemed to lapse into these fits of some sort. They didn't know what they were. They didn't know if they were epileptic seizures. They didn't seem to be. They didn't know if he needed healing. They had to do something with the little boy because bad stuff continued to happen to him. They, they assumed maybe it was a spirit because it didn't seem to have a medical base to it. They brought him to Jesus. And sure enough, just at the right moment, when the boy approached Jesus, it 
threw him into the fire. He went into this fit uh, and threw him into the fire. Jesus didn't put out the fire. He simply spoke and this thing left and the little boy was healed. Jesus knew and he delivered. That's his reputation. He had this insight and wisdom. His insight and wisdom was that he had this ability to look straight into your soul. He could look straight into your soul as, as if he knew everything. But it felt safe. Now that's an amazing reputation and ability. To look right into your soul and know exactly what you need. But he also then could deliver exactly what you needed. He also had compassion. He didn't care who you were. He didn't care what people thought of you. He took moments for everyone. Even the lepers that no one, no one would get close to. Jesus would actually touch them and heal them. So this bloke knew he needed something, so he came seeking Jesus. Let's frame this. No matter who you were or what you needed, Jesus knows and he delivers. He has this unique ability to look deeply into your soul. Deeply into your soul. And he knows everything and it feels very, very safe. So this guy who knew how to get what he wanted needed came to this Jesus. And he asked in this question, Can you tell me about life? Can you tell me about the afterlife? Now, Church has been amazing, amazing over the years when it comes to the gift of life and the afterlife. Throughout the centuries, the church has been a lot better at life after death than life before death. I don't know if you've ever noticed that. Anytime we talk about what Jesus has to offer, we always talk about when you die. So he's going, yeah, but what if I don't? Like, what if I've still got a bunch of good years in me? Do you have anything for me? Yeah, we're not sure, but when you get ready to die, ring me, because we're your people. I've been to churches where I thought, I should just go back to visit the 80s and and get one of those heavy metal bands, Megadeth, and get all their shirts left over off eBay and just bring them and give them to the church. Because they're like the Megadeth church. They don't know anything except when you die, we're your people. We're your people. So when you're getting close, ring us. Call me. We're the ones. This guy came asking about life, and he came about asking about the afterlife. He was looking for the biggest answers out there. And he knew where to come. He came seeking Jesus. And then he he sat and he listened to Jesus. Let's pick up the storyline again in verse 17. Jesus said, Why do you ask me about what is good? He said, There's only one who's good. Here's what you need. You've got to obey the commandments. And the guy said, Which ones? Jesus said, don't commit adultery, don't murder, don't steal, don't do false testimony, honor your father and mother, love your neighbor as yourself. I said, I've kept all these, what else do I still lack? Jesus said to him, if you want to be made whole, then go and sell all your possessions, give them to the poor, and then you'll have treasure in heaven, and then you come and follow me. This is what guy sat and listened to Jesus. Because he knew that Jesus knew. He was looking for truth. Note the dialogue here. Note the dialogue. It's interesting because I wish I could see the look on his face. How was he interacting with Jesus? What was Jesus seeing in his face? What was he looking for? 
So you looked at the dialogue. As you listen to the dialogue, it's like the guy's going, I, I've done all that. Is he, is he like an accountant who's checking up? Done that, done that, done that, done that. Like, is this all there is? You don't know if he's a little cynical or sarcastic going, I've come to you, Jesus, because you seem to have the biggest answers to life in the afterlife. And you tell me to obey the commandments? I can go to the rabbi down the road and get that one, buddy. I'm coming to you because you're supposed to have amazing insight. And you're giving me the standard answers? What, what's with that? This guy wanted not just truth. He wanted very specific answers. He wanted something specific. He wanted something easy. He wanted something now. Do you know anybody else like that? Yeah, but maybe none of you, but there's probably somebody in your row who's a bit like this. Yeah. Something specific, something easy, something now. I want life change, I want it now. It's fascinating what Jesus said to him. I'm intrigued. I wouldn't expect Jesus to say this. Okay, if you want to really get there, then here's what you have to do, buddy. Sell all you have and give it to the poor. Now, please notice something. This is not Jesus' standard response. Because some of you are sitting here going, come on, haven't been to church forever. What do they do? They talk about money. I've got my hand on my wallet. You're not getting any of my money. No, 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 no. This was not a standard answer of Jesus. Jesus didn't give standard answers. But he knew this guy. And he knew his soul. And in this man's soul, it was about security and control. And for him, it was about his money. Now let's go back just a moment. We said one of the great things about Jesus, he could look right into your soul and know exactly what you wanted and needed. He can do that with you. He knows your security. He knows your control. And he says, will you give that one to me? Let's look at how this passage wraps up. Jesus had laid this all out for him. And then in verse 22, he said, when the young man heard this, he left Grieving because of his great wealth. Now, this one fascinates me because he'd gone out of his way to come seeking Jesus. He could have gone to the rabbi down the road. He didn't. He came seeking Jesus because he knew that Jesus knew. And this rich young guy knew how to get what he wanted and needed. So he knew where to go to get it. He came to Jesus. And when Jesus lays it all out for him, he walked away because the cost was too great. He walked away. And at least on that day, Jesus let him walk away. And I read this story and go, I don't like this story. I don't like this Jesus story. I like the fun Jesus stories. I like the ones where everybody gets what they want. I like it where you need healing, Jesus heals you. Your kid needs something, no worries, take care of it for you. You need something big? I got the authority and power. I got it all. What do you need? I'll take care of it. I deliver. I'm the delivery guy. I do what you need. Come on. I love those Jesus stories. I love it where he goes after the enemy of the soul. He, he just destroys the devil. And the devil goes back to hell and goes, Ooh, I don't like that Jesus. I love those stories. This isn't one of them. This is a human story where somebody has the opportunity for everything they want and need in life and the afterlife. And they stubbornly, stubbornly say no. I hate those stories. But people do it. 
This man had everything he wanted and needed in life except for two things. Deep satisfaction in his soul. And he didn't know about the afterlife. And Jesus offered him both. And he walked away on that day. I'm going, Jesus, come on, negotiate with the guy. Well, he's got a bunch of money. We need a new building someplace, don't we? Come on. Negotiate with him. You know, 10% this year, 20 next. Do the graduated tithing. Give him five years. Come on, Jesus, work with him a little. Jesus didn't because he knew, he knew the control in that guy's soul. Because I can negotiate money with him, but that's his God. And he's got to grapple with that one and break that one. For this man, he knew it was time for a change. He knew it was time to leave something behind and exchange the old life for the new. But that day, at least, as the story tells us, he didn't get it. A number of years ago, we were taking our family for the great American family holiday to Disney in Florida. The Muslims go to Mecca. (laughs) Americans go to Disney. Same sort of spiritual journey. It's just subtly different. It was the Saturday before Easter. It was the Saturday before Easter, and I was packing everything up because I was a pastor, and right after the Easter services are over, you take off on vacation. Brad and Sally are later. And you take off. And uh, it was a Saturday afternoon. Diana came out. She said, in all your preparations, make sure you save time to go buy a new pair of shoes. She says, you need a new pair of sneakers, trainers, runners. You, you know what I'm talking about. They're called, I've identified 17 different words in English around the world for these things. But you know what I'm talking about. I needed a new pair. And I said, no, I'll buy them in Florida. She goes, I am not packing these things and you're not packing these things. These things are disgusting. We're not putting them in the vehicle with everybody else. She said, I was, at the mall. I was at the mall yesterday. She said, the, uh, the place where you like them, they're on sale. Go get them. And I said, look, I got a lot to do today. It's a Saturday. Men don't go to the mall on Saturday. <laughs> Women and children and teenagers go to the mall on Saturdays. If men go, they rarely come back alive. <laughs> and she said, quit your whining and go get them. A cold woman. And um, accusing me of whining. And uh, she said, at your, at your favorite store they have my go. I didn't even know I had a favorite store. Who, who knew? And I said, okay, at least help me. Like, where do I park? I don't have the mall memorized. Where do I park? How far down is it? Where's the best entrance? So we got it all figured out. I got there, got a great parking spot. And uh, went in. I looked at my watch and I thought, if I can get out of here in under half hour, it, it, it'll just be a miracle. And so I walked in the shoe store. It was packed. I was the only adult male in the whole store. <laughs> and I waited there, which seemed like quite a while. And finally, what seemed to be the, the manager came out. And he said, can I help you? And I said, I hope so. I need these sneakers and a 13 incredibly wide. And he looked at me and he goes, you think I have them? And I said, I, I bet you do. It's, uh, it's the day before Easter. I, I think you have them. He said, I'll go look. He came back. He goes, it's your lucky day. And I'm thinking, of course, I'm a pastor. It's a day before Easter. It's my time. <laughs> so, so he says, here, here you go. And I tried them on. They fit. 
He said, anything else? I said, nope, I just want to pay for these. I looked at my watch and I thought, this is nearly an Easter miracle. I'm going to get out here alive in about a half hour. This is amazing. He said, do you need anything else? I said, nope, just want to pay for these. Now, I was packing, and so I didn't want to wear anything I was going to wear on the trip. So I had a terrible old pair of blue jeans on and, a, and an old pair of cowboy boots. Now, I didn't wear cowboy boots, but I had a pair, so I put them on because I knew I wasn't taking them to Florida. So he looked down, and he goes, looks to me like you need a new pair of boots, too. I said, I'm sure I do. When I need some, I'll come talk to you, but I don't want boots. Thank you. I just want to pay for my shoes and go. And uh, he said, fine, but uh, he just kept looking down. He said, you, you need a new pair of boots. I said, I'm very aware I need a new pair of boots, but I'm going to Florida with my family. I'm not going to wear boots on the beach. It's not a good look for me. <laughs> so please, just let me have my shoes and go. And he looked down and he goes, I, I have a responsibility to tell you, you need a new pair of boots. And I took a deep breath. Cracked my neck and cracked my knuckles. I'm thinking, I want to rip this guy's face off. <laughs> and he could see the look on my face. And he says, tell you what, I'll make you a deal. I said, I already have a deal. I have the deal I want. I want these shoes. They're on sale. They fit me. Let me pay for them and leave. That's all I want. It's the deal I'm looking for. He said, I got a better deal for you. He said, if, if you're willing to pay full price for those sneakers, I'm going to throw in a new pair of boots free for you. I said, why would you do that? He said, you just seem like a good guy. I said, well, you're incredibly discerning. <laughs> well, why would you do it? He said, a while ago, I special ordered a pair of these. He said, they're big. Nobody wants them. He said, I think it's your day. And I'm going, it is my day. So we went and got them, and, and uh, I was getting ready to pay for them. I thought, this, this is great. I had no idea this was going to happen. I go to pay for him. He goes, wait a minute. There's only one catch. I go, oh, I knew this was too good to be true. He goes, no, here's the deal. Full price for the sneakers, throw in the boots free. There's just one thing. You've got to leave the old boots here with me. You've got to leave them behind. I said, why? He looked at me and goes, you seem to be the kind of guy who would put them in your closet and keep wearing them. <laughs> he said, these things should never be worn again by anyone, ever. <laughs> it's a fair deal. And he said, I sense it's hard to leave them behind. And I said, it, it is. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll grieve it on the way home. And I was getting ready to pay for my shoes, and he said to me, you're, you're a preacher, aren't you? I was thinking, oh dear God, I'm so glad I didn't say to him what I wanted to say to him and do to him what I wanted to do to him. I said, I how do you know that? And he said, I know where you live. And I said, what, what are you, a stalker who likes really big men? <laughs> he, goes, no. he goes, no, I live around the corner from you. My, my kids go to school with your kids. He goes, I, I, I just know who you are. Uh, okay. Boy, am I glad I handled that relatively well. And then he said, tomorrow's Easter, isn't it? Yes, it is. He said, what time are your services? Told him, he said, I've not been in church in probably more than 25 years. He said, be okay if we come? He said, nah, not tomorrow. It's a bad day to come. <laughs> bad, bad day to come to church on Easter as a visitor. And he said, I, I just might show up. But good on you, come. 
Now, leave me thought, this good bloke shows up. He's going to hear part of the Easter story, or part, part, part of the boot story. And sure enough, the next morning, he showed up. And in the midst of that, I threw in part of the boot story. And on the way out, he came up, and he hugged me, and I thought, he is a stalker who likes big men. <laughs> But he hugged me and he said, you almost got me today. Today's too soon. I'll give you a few months. But you know it's time for a change. He said, I do. It took four and a half months. He was separated from his wife at the time. They had a couple little kids. They were fairly traumatized. What was going on in their family? Four and a half months later, both him and his wife decided to trade in the old life for a new one. And came to a new life in Christ. You never saw two happier kids in their life. Not only did their parents come together to love God, they came together to love each other again. It's part of what new life's about. It's the Easter story at its best. The new life traded, you got to trade in the old and leave the old one behind. We're going to go through something now. There's going to be one song and a few people are going to show you how their life has changed. And after that, I'm going to come back up. We're going to give you some moments to think about it. And then right where you sit, I'm just going to ask you to indicate that today's your day for life change. And we'll walk you through a prayer and give you something to take home with you. It's time to trade in the old and leave with something new. It's a good day for that.